Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Tuesday, the 25th of May, and this was the morning that my daughter Sailor and I got on a plane at 6 a.m. So a whole bunch of you were listening to this as we are cruising across the United States on the way to meet my husband and our children in Orlando to speak tomorrow for the Florida Parent Educators Association. So this is a great day. I'm excited you guys are here. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the headlines and what it looks like to finish well. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. you guys know I'm in Florida right now and we'll be speaking tomorrow. I'm going to be opening up tomorrow for the Leaders Conference there. Very excited about that. Remember, you guys can join me, fpea.com. I believe online registration is over, so you're going to need to come to the door. So just check it out online and come on out and say hello. We have traveled, and I'm not even kidding, a long way to see you guys. And F is for Florida and freedom. So we're excited about that. And I'm also going to be in Iowa. So check that out. And I will be in Illinois also. So you guys can find out links to all of those events at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Well, it's the end of the school year. And if you're still homeschooling, you need to stop. Just stop, hang it up, be done, take a break. And I want to just encourage you, you guys, anybody can start well. It's very hard to finish well. And Saul is a great example of this, right? Saul started off really well. God gave him great success. And uh, the Bible teaches us that we can learn from Saul's good example. So in the early days of his leadership, he headhunted good and brave people and he mobilized them. First Samuel 15 verse 12, in the morning early, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has already gone. He's left for Carmel. And there he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. You see, Paul did not finish well. Why? Disobedience and arrogance. And here's something we've taught our children over the years. Partial obedience is still, wait for it, disobedience. So not only did he disobey God, but he set up a victory monument in his own honor. Now, remember you guys, I've told you this a hundred times. God is resolutely committed to, wait for it, his own glory. He's not committed to our glory. It's about him. History, his story, is God's story. It says unfolding grace in the lives of human beings. Saul's story is very different from Jesus' story, right? Jesus had only one aim in life, and that was to bring glory to his father. Samuel tells Saul, when you started out on this, you were nothing and you knew it. And then God put you at the head of Israel. He made you king over all Israel. Why did you not obey God? He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing. Not staging lavish religious productions, getting self-important around God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. That's out of 1 Samuel, by the way, chapters chapter 15, verses 17 through 23. And I believe, you know, we're watching so many things unraveling around us in the country right now and in our nation. And I can't help but wonder, you know, go back and read the story of Saul because we said no to God's command. God is now saying no to prospering this nation. You guys, power is dangerous and it has a very strong tendency to corrupt, right? A power corrupts, we know this, and absolute power corrupts what? 
Absolutely. And this is true in every aspect of our lives. Success can lead us to pride and arrogance. And uh, I've seen this absolutely in the homeschool movement. We've seen it in parenting right over the years. You know, we have a, a win or we do well with homeschooling and we start thinking, look at me, I'm, I'm really amazing. Or we had a success, a business success, or we made a lot of money. Oh, look how amazing I am. And then that success leads to pride and the pride and arrogance in our lives leads to idolatry. So we start thinking, oh, homeschooling is the answer or politics is the answer, or me, me, I'm the answer. I'm so smart. And God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, the Bible teaches us over and over again to honor the Lord. Our lives should honor the Lord. And we should be asking him every day, Lord, help us follow you in the humility and obedience of Jesus and allow his spirit to lead us and guide us and give us peace. And one of these days, you guys, we are, we are going to be finished. But for everybody listening to this right now, today is not that day, apparently. <laughs> and we want to finish well. And I keep thinking about what God has asked me to do right now and the, just the tremendous workload that I am under right now and that my husband is under just because of what we have chosen to do, which we believe is walking in obedience to the Lord. But I'll be really honest with you guys. I had a couple of, I phoned a couple of really, you know, trusted girlfriends last week. And I just said, would you guys pray for me? Because I am struggling to just be in the word every day. My Bible feels like it weighs a thousand pounds right now. It's so much easier for me to pick up my phone and scroll social media or make a list of all the things I have to do. And it's so easy for me to set the Bible aside, not because I don't need it, but because it just feels like it's so much energy to do it. And you guys, that's the adversary. If you feel that way right now, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm talking to somebody. If you feel that way, if it's hard for you right now to get in the word, chances are pretty good that the battle is heating up around you. And the surest way for us to fail is to fail to give honor and glory to the Lord. And one of the ways that we give honor and glory to the Lord is just by is making that personal commitment every day to be in his word, to come before him, to say, Lord, we can't do this without you. We need your help. And so I'm, I'm you know, vulnerable here at the podcast and letting you guys know, hey, I'm struggling. This is hard for me. Pray for me. Remember, I, we talked about this a couple months ago. It's like, Lord, I want to want to. I want the want to back. Give me my want to when my spirit is tired and my body is weary. And sometimes, as we said, you know, Rick Green and I talked about last week, sometimes you just want to put your sword down and just get off the field. And there's a time for rest. But if you're listening to this today and you're struggling to finish well, be it the school year or you're starting to get, you know, weary of disciplining your children or weary of loving your spouse. Or maybe you're just like me and you're just having a hard time just opening your Bible and just finding a quiet time, a place where you can get alone with the Lord. I'm telling you what, you guys, it's the devil as sure as I'm sitting here. And I'll tell you what, I'll pray for you. Will you pray for me? We need that. We need it if we're going to finish well. Anybody can start well, but it's much more difficult to finish well. I wanted to go over some of the headlines with you guys. There's so many things going on. It's just absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable. 
But something I thought was was interesting and actually encouraging. So I thought, well, I'll share some encouraging news since most of it's discouraging right, right now. But 60 Minutes has decided to buck the transgender trend and they aired an important news segment on the phenomenon of detransitioning. So we're talking about transgender person who says, okay, never mind. I, I want to go back to what I was. So when a person who identified as transgender and undertook various interventions to confirm a cross-sex identity and then later says, oh, never mind, and they want to embrace their biological sex, a lot of people don't talk about that. And there have been lots of transgender activists who have objected to news outlets covering these stories. But 60 Minutes, dude, they ran it anyway. They ran it anyway. And I'm no real big fan of Leslie Stahl, but listen to this quote. I can't believe that I transitioned and detransitioned, including hormones and surgery, in the course of like less than a year. It's completely crazy, end quote. A woman named Grace told that to 60 Minutes host Leslie Stahl. Grace suffered from serious depression and developed gender dysphoria in her early 20s. And she began searching for answers in the transgender communities on, wait for it, the internet. She said, when I saw them being so happy and excited and doing this wonderful transformative process to really become their true selves, I was like, have I considered that this could be my situation? Leslie Stahl asked Grace whether, quote, a sense that men had it easier than women played into her role. She said, yes, I had this sense that if I could just inhabit life as like a trans man, as a man, then I wouldn't feel so self-conscious. I was thinking it might make me feel free. So she found a gender therapist who, of course, approved her on the process. And Stahl asked her, did the therapist not question you about how deep the feeling was and where it was coming from? No, she really didn't. She didn't go into what my gender dysphoria might have been stemming from. We only did a few sessions. And since she was over 18, she just signed an, an informed consent form at a clinic and started getting hormone shots. They asked me, why did you want to go on testosterone? And I said, well, being a woman just isn't working for him anymore. So they said, okay, good on 60 minutes, you guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good on 60 minutes. Listen to how sad this is. Four months after she started taking testosterone, doctors approved her for a mastectomy, which goes by the term top surgery in the Orwellian transgender lingo. Grace told 60 Minutes that her mastectomy was traumatic. After the surgery, she said, I started having a really disturbing sense that part of my body was missing, almost a ghost limb feeling. This is so sad. She detransitioned, de going off testosterone, and later confronted the doctor at the clinic, saying that the process had put her through didn't follow the guidelines published by the World Professional Association of Transgender Health, which is an oxymoron, you guys, because if they're willing to, to give these guys surgeries, there's nothing healthy about transgenderism, not from, not from start to finish. Anyway, I'm really proud of 60 Minutes for calling it out because most people won't talk about it. 
because you're going to get attacked. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will be attacked. There's a fantastic article about this in PJ Media. And uh, I will link back to that in the show notes today. People need to start telling the truth. We need to tell the truth. And if we don't tell the truth, we're going to continue just to be surrounded by lies. It's dangerous. And so uh, I was really, I was, I mean, I haven't been encouraged by much, much lately, but I was encouraged by that. If you guys aren't watching what's happening between Israel and Hamas, it's shameful. It's shameful because we have a, a president now who is a shameful president who does not support Israel. And I've had people on the show, we've talked about why we should support Israel. But it's amazing to me that we're even talking about Israel's right to defend itself. Amazing. So at the time of this recording, there was a ceasefire. And Israeli's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said this about Hamas. He said, they received blows that they didn't expect, and I have no doubt we set them back years. Although there was no reason to doubt Netanyahu's words, others were framing the outcome of the conflict differently. Iran's Supreme Leader, the Ayatollah, tweeted, I thank God for his aid and the honor bestowed on Palestinian fighters. I extend my congratulations for victory over Zionist criminals. He wasn't putting a good face on it. And uh, according to PJ Media, he had a good reason to proclaim victory. Because who jumped to give Hamas what it wanted? Joe Biden's handlers. CNN reported last Wednesday that according to the White House, old Joe Biden told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, quote, that he expected a significant de-escalation today on a path to a ceasefire in the raging violence. The statement was a signal Joe Biden is losing patience with Netanyahu, a leader he's known for four decades. So PJ Media asks, was old Joe really that coherent? Doubtful. But whatever really happened, Biden's handlers got their ceasefire. Hamas wanted a ceasefire so much because it knew it was losing and was able to snatch victory or at least survival. We got big issues going on in the nation right now. And a lot of people, you know, keep talking to me about why we're where we are. And we can talk about our walk away from God and from his word and from his truth. The woke church, the broke church, right? And we've allowed this, these, the, these uh, godless agendas to permeate our country to the point where we've, we've got a huge fight on our hands now. But can I tell you what, you guys, I'm going to keep saying it. Don't give up. If 60 Minutes can, can write a post and do a television series or a report rather on uh, the transgender community and the truth about what it means to detransition, anything can happen. By the way, this is another really great, interesting piece of good news. I should call it Good News Day over here. Just a couple days ago, a study came out and admitted that there is a difference between hospitalization with and for the Rona. So for 15 months, the data regarding the illness, hospitalizations, deaths, and everything, we've all been scratching our heads going, what in the ever-loving world, right? Well, now they're coming out and they're saying, okay, okay, okay. There's a difference between people that got hospitalized who we discovered had it and people that hospitalized because of it. The reported number of COVID-19 hospitalizations, one of the primary metrics for tracking the severity of the pandemic, was grossly inflated. For children in California hospitals, two research papers published Wednesday concluded. The papers, both published in the Journal of Hospital Pediatrics, found that pediatric hospitalizations for COVID-19 were overcounted by 40%, carrying potential implications for nationwide figures. Well, color me shocked. 
PJ Media reports at the beginning of the pandemic, the government and insurers put several policies in place that made sense to determine disease prevalence, which included widespread testing. Hospitals correctly did preemptive testing to determine the correct infection control protocols. However, other mandates paired with this perverse financial incentives that provided additional funding for COVID-19 care. The original COVID-19 relief package created a 20% premium that included probable cases and laboratory-confirmed cases for Medicare. Several large health insurance also waived co-pays and co-insurance for any care related to COVID-19. So there you go. So if a 50-year-old male is admitted to the hospital with chest pain, the staff will test him for COVID-19 per hospital policy. If his test is positive, even with no COVID symptoms, COVID-19 will all likelihood be added to his diagnosis. Yet if he has a heart catheterization and a blockage in a coronary artery is detected and corrected, the reimbursement will still kick in, even if he never had a clinical symptom of COVID-19. I said, I think on Facebook the other day, that I'm real tired of being lied to. And these public health bureaucrats and their failure to distinguish between being hospitalized for COVID-19 and dying with or of the virus have cost the taxpayers billions of dollars in reimbursement. And by the way, according to PJ Media, these statistics were also used on particular cable news channels to stoke panic, extend draconian mitigation methods, and as a political tool. When communicating medical information to the public, being accurate and precise should be a top priority. And these distinctions were evident early in the pandemic. Americans should demand that so-called experts correct the record immediately. You know, part of me thinks, well, the damage is already done. But then there's another part of me thinks, no, go back and correct it. We need to tell the truth. Truth matters. We should be searching for the truth, looking for the truth. I'm going to encourage you guys, as I said earlier today, because I just feel the Holy Spirit just keep saying it to me. So I'm going to keep saying it to you. If you're struggling to get in, in the word of God, if you're like me and your Bible feels like it weighs a thousand pounds and you're having a hard time just opening it up, we need to pray for each other. Call, phone a friend today and say, hey, when was the last time you got in the word? Are you guys joining me, by the way, at Mom Strong International? We're going through the book of Jude right now. It's fantastic. And make sure that we are sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron. The battle that we're facing is a spiritual battle in nature. And everything that we're doing, right down to Heidi St. John running for the U.S. House of Representatives, everything that we are doing has spiritual implications to it. And so if you're tired and you're weary today, the Lord of Heaven's army says, I'm right here. If you're tired of the the headlines and you're tired of what's around you, the, the Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you with me that you may also be where I am. I don't know about you guys, but that just, that that reaches into my weary heart and says, you know what? It's going to be okay. Trust in God, Jesus said, but trust also in me and finish well, you guys, finish well. I'm going to end today in prayer and I hope it encourages you. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in the middle of all this, Lord, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the frustration, in the middle of the grief and the grief is real. You're there. 
and you've said not to let our hearts be troubled. Lord, I pray for everyone who's listening to this today who just needs to get their want to back. Lord, we want to want to be in your word. We want to want to get involved, to get off the bench. But honestly, Father, sometimes we're just so tired. And so I pray that you'd show us when do you want us to rest and when do you want us to work? I pray that you would lead us to streams of living water, Lord, as we consider the plans that you have for us, which your word says are plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Lord, I pray for this nation. They would come back to you. And Lord, I pray that we would come back to you just in the quiet places of our hearts, Lord, every day that we would say, I've decided to follow Jesus, that I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Help us to do it, Lord. We love you, Father. We worship you. And I pray for every person that's listening to this today, that they might be encouraged to walk more closely with you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, I got a skedaddle. I hope you'll come out and see me. I will be in Florida, in Orlando today, and I'll be speaking there tomorrow at the Florida Parent Educators Association. That's FPEA.com. Have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow with my friend Ryan Bomberger. You are not going to want to miss it. He is just an encouragement, and we're going to talk a lot about critical race theory and how it is a cancer and not a cure. Love your families well today, you guys, and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.